wonder what your best ever birthday present has been. I'm sure that you can just chat to the people around you. Uh, if you're watching this with part of your family, just turn around to the people around you and just tell them what's your most brilliant birthday present you've ever received. Some of you, it might be so far back down memory lane, you can't even remember. And maybe for some of you, it's just really difficult to choose because there have been really some great birthday presents. If I would take a guess, I think probably for a lot of us, um, probably of a certain age, a scooter or a bike might feature at some point, depending on your birthday is. For others, probably Lego would feature quite highly. For others, probably a PlayStation or some sort of a game. For some, a musical instrument. For some, just sweets, uh, loads and loads of them. It's amazing. We, we tend to remember some of those birthday presents that we receive. And we do because they're really special and they leave a great impact upon us. I want to talk to you this morning about probably one of the most amazing presents a Christian can ever receive, and that's the gift of the Holy Spirit. Today, as it was probably already hinted, is Pentecost Sunday or Whit Sunday, a day in which the church is celebrating, the church universal, uh, the gathering of all those who believe in Jesus and follow Jesus as their master and king. They celebrate the birthday of the church because on the day of Pentecost, something dramatic happened to a fairly small amount of followers of the Jesus, disciples of Jesus. And what was once a group became a great movement. And it's all to do with this very special gift that the believers received that impacted what was to become the church. And the amazing thing is the same gift that was available then for the disciples of Jesus is available for us today. And this is what I want to talk to you about. Let me read to you just four verses from the second chapter of Acts. Acts chapter 2 verses 1 to 4. When the day of Pentecost came, the believers were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were gathered. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came and rested on each one of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. That's this amazing spiritual gift that I want to talk to you about this morning. Who and what is the Holy Spirit is a question that people can ask. You know, what is this gift all about? Well, this gift is really about God himself. So it's not like just a gift that God gives, but it's a gift that is actually God himself. I remember reading a story, and I don't know whether it was true. It's one of those difficult things to try to find out whether it's true. It's on the internet, so I guess it must be true, where um, Billy Joel was doing a tour, um, I think it was on the west side of the United States, 
and he couldn't be home for his daughter's birthday living on the east coast and on the day of her birthday there was a parcel that arrived at the house a fairly large parcel and she was very disappointed that dad couldn't be around but she was quite impressed when she saw the box to her surprise apparently when she opened the box there was billy joel i don't know the story true but it sounds quite amazing and it's really, this is what it's all about. This gift is about God himself, God, the Holy Spirit. You see, Jesus, and we've just celebrated uh, a couple, of, well, Thursdays ago, the ascension of the Lord Jesus. So Jesus ascended into heaven and the disciples could have felt really discouraged about this, thinking to themselves, we follow Jesus, we want to be with Jesus, well, now what? And they could have been confused about what they should do next. And they could have been discouraged about the fact that Jesus wasn't there. But Jesus anticipated this. And Jesus has a plan and a solution for them. And already uh, in, in, in John's gospel, in, in chapters 14 and 16, Jesus very particularly, John records how Jesus is very particularly addressing that fear the disciples might have. Beat a little bit further back in time. And he's saying to them, look, when I'm going to depart, it's going to be good because I'm going to send the one, the Holy Spirit, who will be with you forever. In fact, he will be in you. And then just before Jesus was about to ascend into heaven, he's saying to the disciples, wait for me in Jerusalem because the Holy Spirit, this gift, will come upon you and will enable you to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So the Holy Spirit is God himself. It's almost, if you want, Jesus, although ascended, is still present as God with us, with those who are his followers. It's the power and the presence of God through the person of the Holy Spirit in our own life. So we're not lonely. We are not disillusioned. We are not living a life that is pointless and without any direction because we have the Holy Spirit. And this is what Luke is describing is happening here. The, the believers were gathered together on the day of Pentecost in one place. And then there was a sound of a mighty wind and there were these tongues of fires. And they also spoke in different tongues, different languages. And people could understand them from all around the world as they were declaring the great things of God. But all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. I love the fact that the disciples are willing to trust the promise of Jesus. Jesus says, wait, and you shall receive power. See, in order to receive the Holy Spirit, obedience is key. Trust is key. And trust and obedience are very much related. We, we, we tend to obey if we trust. And the disciples displayed those things in their own lives, and they act upon their belief, upon their faith that the Holy Spirit this promised Holy Spirit that Jesus said will be with you. This amazing gift. And they wait in Jerusalem. And when Luke describes this Holy Spirit, he says all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. So this is not uh, an exclusive gift for a chosen few. This is not something that comes only to those who are leaders or maybe more devout. Every single one of them received the Holy Spirit. This was not optional. Some people might say, well, that's just not the Holy Spirit. The gift of the Holy Spirit isn't for me. It's not optional. It's for all. 
Some people might say, well, I'm not good enough to receive this gift of the Holy Spirit. Once again, it's not about how good we are, because it is for all. It is something that comes to all the disciples that were gathered there. And it's amazing because he comes and all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, you might say, OK, so something happened to them. We know that Jesus promised about the Holy Spirit, but who is this Holy Spirit? What does he do? And I want you to imagine that this gift that I'm talking to you about is actually a gift box. It's difficult to explain. I guess probably I'm thinking of chocolates. You know, it's one thing to, to receive, you know, a, a bar of chocolate. But depending on what you like, and I know what you out there are like. I know some of you like your Snickers, some of you like your Mars bar, some of you sinful people like your Cadbury stuff, you know, and some, some of the godliest people like Galaxy. Everyone likes a different type of chocolate. But I mean, imagine that you get this gift box, which has a whole lot of varieties. I love those boxes of chocolate that has different varieties, different things, some with caramel, some with nuts, some with um, fruit in it, all sorts of things. And then you look usually on the back, there's a description of what they are. Well, I want you to imagine that this gift of the Holy Spirit is a little bit like that. And I'm going to give you some of the descriptions of some of the characteristics, some of the things that the Holy Spirit does, just to give you a glimpse how wonderful this gift is. Well, Jesus, John 16, 7, says to the disciples, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper, with a capital H, the Holy Spirit, will come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. So it's almost as if Jesus is saying, look, if you're looking for an upgrade, when the Holy Spirit comes, it's going to be even better than me being around. Now, that is quite a powerful description of who the Holy Spirit is. So what does he do? Listen, maybe you're like me. And at times, the cry of my heart is, God, I want to understand your word. I want to understand the Bible. Guess what? The Holy Spirit can help us with that. This is what, again, Jesus is saying in John 14, 26. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all that I have said to you. So if the cry of my heart is, I want to understand the Bible, Jesus is saying, I've got a solution. The Holy Spirit will help you to understand. He will teach you and he will rem remind you of all the things that I have said to you. So I want to have the Holy Spirit in my life because that way I will be able to read the Bible and understand what it says and what it's trying to teach me. Let me give you another one. Again, very much linked to the cry of my heart. I, I don't know if there's anybody out there that isn't saying this. God, I want to learn how to pray or I want to pray in a better way. Jesus is saying, I've got the answer. You want to pray better? Holy Spirit. Here is what Paul is writing in Romans 8.26. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought. 
But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. So when I feel like I can't even pray or don't know what to pray, Paul is saying, don't worry. The Holy Spirit who is inside you is that translator that is able to interpret what's inside your heart or your feelings and your thoughts and bring it in a prayer to God and help him to hear what you've got to say. You and I have been in situations before where we're in a foreign country and how grateful we are when we have somebody who is an interpreter because we're trying to communicate with somebody and they don't understand the language and we don't understand theirs. And I guess speaking slow and shouting doesn't really help. So how good is it to have an interpreter? That's what the Holy Spirit does with our prayer language. He takes our feeble and sometimes even silent prayers and brings them to the throne of God. What an incredible gift. He helps us with the scriptures. He helps us with prayer. You might say, you know what? I feel so often discouraged. I feel like I'm lacking any sense of hope. And particularly in a season like this, it's so easy to be overwhelmed by the pressures. Jesus would say to me and you, he would say to us, I've got the solution, the Holy Spirit. So this is the promise, Romans 15, 13. Paul is praying for the church in Rome and the believers there. And he's saying, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Wow, what a promise. These are the ingredients that I'm needing in my life right now in the midst of this pandemic and the topsy-turvy world. Joy, peace and hope. Paul is saying, you know how you get them? The Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit will help you. And not just have a tiny little bit of hope, but to abound in hope. It's the Holy Spirit again that brings about that hope. Another uh, one of this box of tools or box of presence that the Holy Spirit brings is transformation. Uh, again, I, I don't know about you. I am frustrated probably daily uh, of, with things that I see in myself that I don't like. They're not right. They're selfish. And, and, and they sometimes hurt other people. And you want to change. And sometimes you feel powerless about it. You might be able to hold your tongue without being critical or gossipy or angry, maybe for a few days. Some, some of the best, you know, might do it for a few weeks, but somehow you can't change. And there's a cry inside of your heart saying, I wish I could change. Guess what? The Holy Spirit, again, can help us with that. This is what, again, the Apostle Paul is writing this time to the church in Corinth, to, to the believers in Corinth, 2 Corinthians 3.18. And we all, who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his likeness, into his image, with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. And in other words, Paul is saying, as we keep focusing on God, we are becoming more godly. Who does that? the Holy Spirit, as we worship, as we listen to his word, 
as we pray, we are being transformed in the image of Jesus. Who doesn't want to be Christ-like in attitude, in word, in thinking, in deeds? I do. How can we do that? It's only as the Holy Spirit transforms us into the likeness of Jesus more and more. You know, people all around us are looking for makeovers, and we talked about that last week. And people sometimes think, if I only change my appearance and, and, and if things are different, you know, I will be happier. But how much more to have this inner change of our temper, of our character, of our actions to make us more like Jesus. How amazing, I keep saying this, how amazing if people would meet us and they would feel that in a measure they're meeting Christ himself. Not that we are holier than thou, but there's something of the beauty of Jesus in us. And people say, well, that can only happen as the Holy Spirit is at work in us. Let me give you another one. Again, guidance. You know, who doesn't need guidance? We face so many crossroads in our lives and we think, do I go there? Do I go there? Which way should I take? What decisions do I make in life? Should I take this job? Should I move in this area? What should I do with my life? Some people are thinking about their career, about their family life. How do we make decisions and do them well? Make them well. Again, it's really interesting in Acts chapter 8, verse 29, there's, there's a beautiful passage in which Philip, who is a servant of God, is one of the leaders in the early church, is receiving some very specific guidance in order to go and witness about Jesus to somebody who's never met in his life. And this is what it says. Then the spirit said to Philip, go up and join this chariot. And that enabled Philip to share the good news about how wonderful Jesus is with who was known to be the Ethiopian eunuch. He was a high-ranking Ethiopian official. You know, I long for that sense of guidance in my life, that my life is lived according to God's program, according to his purposes, being directed by him. How can I do that? How can I make sure that I'm not running my life and taking those decisions and ending up in a dead end or with loads of disappointments. It's only as I listen to the guidance of the Holy Spirit, who is so brilliant at giving us that clarity and direction in life. Let me give you one more. Again, I guess it's the cry of all of our hearts. Deep down inside, we all long to serve other people. We want to bless other people. We want to be useful. We want, philosophers would probably call it a, a, a desire for a sense of meaning in life. We all long for that. We all want to feel like we matter and we're impacting other people's lives. And again, Paul in writing to the church in Corinth is telling the Corinthian believers, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts but the same Spirit, the same Holy Spirit, it is, is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same God. God works in different ways, but it's the same God who works in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each one of us so that we can help each other. Great news! If you're wondering, you know, how can I be useful 
to those around me? How can I serve? How can I bless people? How can I bring a positive change in their lives? Where here again lies the answer. Guess who gives it? It's the Holy Spirit that gives those gifts. And there are a variety of gifts. And everyone has at least one that is not an ungifted or giftless person in this world. Everyone is gifted by him. And those gifts are given not for our own selfish use, but in order to bless and serve other people. And that can be either uh, either in the, in, the faith in the faith community or outside, wherever, wherever you are, in your family, in your workplace, in your church, wherever it is. God, the Holy Spirit, can give us those gifts, a variety of gifts to all of us so that we can become servants who bless other people. That's just an incredible box of different gifts that actually describe this big gift, the gift of the Holy Spirit. What an amazing good news. You know, there is something very significant, and this gift is a game changer. Before the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was active, and very often it was active in the life of some of the heroes in the Old Testament, just a couple of examples that I can think of. You can have a situation in which Gideon you know, was anointed by the Holy Spirit and he enabled him to serve God. David, when he was anointed to be king by Samuel, again, receives the Holy Spirit upon him, which enables him to do amazing things. But this was limited to certain individuals for certain situations. The game changer is that the Holy Spirit comes now at Pentecost and it's for all people and it's forever. So the Holy Spirit comes to all, not just to a few chosen ones, and he comes to reside in us. So it's not just a temporary thing given for a certain task, but it's something that comes over all of us. And this is a game changer. John Piper writing about this uh, author and pastor, he uses something that is very descriptive and is very useful. He says this, picture a huge dam for hydroelectric power under construction, like the Aswan High Dam on the Nile. Three, seven, 375 feet high, 11,000 feet across. In 1953, Egypt's President Nasser announced a plan for the construction and the dam was completed in 1970 and in 1971, there was a grand dedication and the 12 turbines with their 10 billion kilowatt hour per hour capacity were unleashed with enough power to light every city in Egypt. During the long period of the construction of the Nile River, the river was never completely stopped. Even as the reservoir was feeling Part of the river was allowed to flow past. The country folk downstream depended on it. So they drank it, they washed in it, they watered their crops, they turned their mill wheels, they sailed on it in the moonlight and wrote songs about it. It was their life. But on that day, when the reservoir poured through the turbines, a power was unleashed that spread far beyond the few folk down the river and brought possibilities they only dreamt of. Well, Pentecost... John Piper is saying, is like the dedicatory opening of the Aswan High Dam. Before Pentecost, the river of God's Spirit blessed the people of Israel and their very life. 
But after Pentecost, the power of the Spirit spread out to the whole world to light it up. None of the benefits enjoyed in the pre-Pentecostal days were taken away, but 10 billion kilowatts were added to enable the church of Jesus Christ to take the light of the gospel and of the glory of Jesus to every tongue, tribe, and nation. That's a game changer. And here is the good news. It's not just available for those believers at Pentecost, but it's available for me and you right here, right now. Writing about the early church and Pentecost, somebody once said this, the early church had none of the things that we think are essential for success today. Buildings, money, political influence, social status. And yet the church in the book of Acts, the church birthed at Pentecost, won multitudes to Christ and saw many churches established throughout the Roman world. Why? Because the church had the power of the Holy Spirit energizing them. Many people keep talking about returning to normal. There will never be a return to normal. If there will be, it won't be a return, but it will be going forward into the new normal. The church desperately needs, I believe, an experience like the one at Pentecost. It will be different. Pentecost can never be replicated and you wouldn't want Pentecost to be replicated. You wouldn't want a copy. You would want the move of God for my life and your life, for right here, right now, 2020, UK, wherever you're watching it, if you're somewhere else around the world, the place that you're in, that's what we're longing for. But certainly I really believe that the fullness of the Holy Spirit is so, so important. You and I, we need this gift in our life. You know, People often in Christian circles have this big debate. What do we need? Do we need a baptism? Do we need a filling? And I would say everyone who believes in Jesus and decides to follow Jesus is already baptized in the Holy Spirit. But I believe we need many, many subsequent fillings. And I liken this to a relationship, and it's really, really important to look at it like that. Sometimes people in Christian circles refer to it, you need a refill. I don't like the language of refill because it makes it, I'm imagining I'm going to the, to the petrol pump and putting some fuel in my car, or I'm just gonna go and have a, a, another drink of water for a refill. It, it makes it very abstract and very material. What we're talking here is a relationship, a relationship with God. So let me illustrate it like this. Imagine that uh, I'm assuming that quite a few of you are married. If you're not married, you would have other relationships in your life, either with your friends or with your family. Let me ask you the question. How many times in your relationship do you need to say things like this? Sorry. Help. I love you. What can I do for you? You know, you don't settle for some of those questions just to say, I'm just going to do it once in my life. No, if you're in a relationship and in a relationship that is healthy and getting healthier, you will engage with those kind of questions again and again and again. It's the same in our relationship with the Holy Spirit. If you're not a Christian and you want to start that journey, 
straight away as you surrender your life to Christ, you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit will come in the, as the presence of God living in you. If you are a Christian and you've already experienced that moment, you have a chance to rededicate your life to that relationship. And just like in a marriage, sometimes marriages go through dry patches, I'm told, and they, they need something to refresh and renew them. And it requires that work. And it's the same way in our relationship with the Holy Spirit. Maybe you're a Christian and you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, but you, you haven't got a good relationship with the Holy Spirit. It's so important to use this opportunity today to do that. A, a, a really simple illustration in my mind is, and I could have demonstrated it, but it could have gone wrong or it could have taken a long time. I heard somebody illustrate this in having two glasses of water. Imagine I've got two glasses of water and I've got water in them. And I've got an effervescent tablet, so maybe vitamin C. You know, you get them in a long tube and you put it in your glass and it starts to bubble up. And before you know, you've got a drink that has vitamin C in it. And it's usually kind of orange colored. Um, you can have calcium, you can have all sorts of other things. Now imagine that I'm putting that in this glass in my hand. Imagine in the other hand, I'm putting it, but actually I'm putting the tablet without taking the wrapper out. Very often they used to have this foil wrapper on it and I'm putting it in. Guess what will happen? Not a lot. You might say, well, both of them have got the tablets, the vitamin C tablets in them. Both of them are in a glass. They're filled with water. Why am I getting this vitamin C orange colored drink in this glass? And I'm getting just a glass that looks with water. And down in the bottom, there is this thing wrapped in foil. Sometimes that's what happens with a Christian that has received the Holy Spirit, but somehow it's not wrapped out. So it can bring the full flavor in our lives. And that's what I'm encouraging you to do today. Either to maybe for the first time, if you've never started following Jesus, just to say, Jesus, I love this stuff about the Holy Spirit and I want to have the Holy Spirit in my life. I want to live this life where I can understand the Bible, where I can pray, where I can have hope, where I can serve other people, where I can have encouragement in my life, where I can have wisdom in decisions. Why don't you start doing this today and commit your life to Jesus? Or maybe you've already done that, but you are like the glass that has got the tablet in it, but it's still wrapped in its wrapper and it doesn't have the full impact in your life. My encouragement to you this morning is to simply commit your life to the Holy Spirit, to ask him to come into your life and take control. You don't need to have more of him. He needs to have more of you. So it's you letting go of yourself and saying, I want you to run my life and I want to have this beautiful life with this wonderful gift, with this actually gift box that comes given to me. And then after you've made that commitment and you can pray, just pray this morning, right here, right now, after the service is finished, just pray, take time to pray about that and just surrender your life in your own words and say, Holy Spirit, come and bring these things in my life. And then the second thing that I want you to do is not just to commit, but also join us. You need coaching. If you're starting this journey 
or if you are on this journey, you need to be part of a group of believers who together explore how can we encourage one another. That's what coaching is. In sports, you learn skills, you become better at things. And again, that's what being in church is all about. It's actually encouraging one another, learning together and becoming better together as part of a team. So my prayer is that you will take this step and say yes to the most beautiful gift you could ever receive. This is the birthday of the church today, but it also can be your spiritual birthday. The day you say yes to Jesus and you say, Holy Spirit, come into my life and enable me to live this wonderful life. Or maybe this could be the day when you're saying, hey, I'm starting afresh, letting the Holy Spirit run my life and have an impact upon me. Amen.